was dead in sin alone and hopeless a child of wrath I walked condemned in darkness but your mercy brought new life and in your love and kindness raised me up with Christ and made me righteous you have brought me back with the riches of your amazing grace and relentless love i made alive forever with you life forever by your grace i'm saved Lord, you are the light that broke the darkness. You satisfy my soul when I am heartless. If ever I forget my true identity, Show me who I am and help me to believe you have brought me back with the riches of your amazing grace and relentless love I made alive forever with you life forever by your grace I'm saved by your grace I'm saved has been erased I'll never be the same My sin has been erased I'll never be the same You have brought me back with the riches of your and relentless love I made alive forever with you life forever by your grace I'm saved you have brought me back with the riches of your amazing grace and relentless love I made alive forever with you life forever by your by your grace I'm saved 
Well, good morning, everyone. It's so good to uh, see you all. My name is Jay. If you're new here, I'm the director of worship for City Church. And uh, every Sunday morning, uh, we begin our service hearing from God's word um, because we believe worship is a response. And so we need something to respond to, some kind of prompt to remind us of who God is and what we're doing here. Um, and so this morning, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read from Psalm 103. Would you stand with us as we hear from God's word? And uh, real quick, Brian, is my guitar working again? Cool, thanks. It cut out in the middle of that song for some reason, but our AV guys took care of it, which I'm really thankful for. All right, this is Psalm 103, first, the first five verses. You can follow along on the, on the screen as I read it aloud. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for being so gracious to us. God, this, this psalm, these words that we've read, this is our desire. That all that is within us would praise your name. That we would love you with a whole heart. And God, we confess as we begin this service that our hearts are so often divided. But Lord, we ask for your help to give us a heart wholly committed to you and completely surrendered to you. Would you help us believe that it's you who forgives iniquity? It's you who heals diseases. It's you who redeems our life from the pit and crowns us with steadfast love and mercy, no one else. God, we believe. Please help our unbelief. May we worship you today for your goodness and mercy displayed to us in Christ. And may we bless your name with all that is within us. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Let's sing together. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, O oh my soul, worship His holy name, sing like never before, O oh my soul, I'll worship Your holy name. The sun comes up, it's a new day dawn, it's time to sing your song again, whatever may be. 
pass and whatever lies before me let me be singing when the evening comes bless the lord oh my soul oh my soul worship his holy name sing like never before I worship your holy name. You're rich in love and you're slow to anger. Your name is great and your heart is kind. For all your goodness I will keep on singing. Ten thousand reasons for my heart to find. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul. Worship His holy name. Sing like never before, oh my soul. I worship Your holy. And on that day when my strength is failing, the end draws near and my time has come. Sing it out. Still my soul will sing your praise unending. Ten thousand years and then forever more. Forevermore, and bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul. I worship His holy name. Sing like never before, oh my soul. I worship Your holy name. Sing it again. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy name. Sing like never before, oh my soul, I worship Your holy name. God, I worship Your holy God, I worship your holy name. Amen. Let the King of my heart be the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink. Shadow where I ransom for my life, oh 
Sing it out. Sing it again. You're never gonna let, never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, never gonna let me down.
shame at the sound of your great name. Every fear has no place at the sound of your great name. The
Well, good morning. It is great to see you all. My name is Ryan. I'm one of the pastors here, and it's great to get to worship with you on this nice and chilly Sunday morning. I love, you know, being in Florida around this time of the year. There's a huge spectrum of temperatures that you can have for Halloween and trick-or-treating. I think last year it was like 85 degrees and as we were taking our kids around the neighborhood, felt like we were getting carried away by mosquitoes, but hopefully not tonight. It'll be nice and chilly. Um, so glad that you're here with us this morning. At City Church, we aspire to be an authentic community that's walking with God in our city, and so we hope that you experience and encounter the love and the grace and the truth of Christ this morning. When you came in, you should have gotten a bulletin, and in that bulletin, there is a connection card, or should be a connection card, and that is a way you can, you can let us know you're here, fill that out. If you would like more information about anything, if you'd like to get plugged in with the church in any way, uh, or if you have a prayer request, there's a space on the back of the card where you can put that down as well. Um, and our staff prays through all those prayer requests every week. So we encourage you to, to fill those out. You can slip them in the pocket, the seat back pocket that's right in front of you, or on your way out, you can drop them in the, the box right there in the middle. Uh, also, if you would like to give, uh, you can always give online at citychurchgnv.com slash give, or you can also drop a gift on your way out in the box. A uh, few announcements. We have uh, community groups, of course, continue to meet throughout the, throughout the whole semester. Uh, they meet Sunday evening through Thursday evening around town. It's a great place to get plugged in. They're kind of the, the heartbeat of our community life as a church. And so if you're not plugged in with the community group, I encourage you to check that out. You can get more information at the welcome table. Uh, after the service, there'll be a hospitality person back there. We'd love to help you get connected with that or any other things in the church. Uh, of course, you can also express interest on your connection card. Um, we have a few studies, a couple of studies that are going actually. The, we have a biblical theology of marriage study, and the last night for it is tomorrow evening. It's session eight of eight. So if you have been going to that, then uh, make sure to come to the last one. It, if you haven't been to any of them, you're still welcome to come. You can jump in uh, at the end, and we also have the recordings available online. If you'd like those, just let us know, and we can send you those, uh, those links. There's a women's study through the book of Joshua that's happening right now. They meet Tuesday mornings in here, uh, 9.30 a.m., I believe, and so you're welcome to come and participate with that. Or they meet online uh, Monday evenings on Zoom at 8 o'clock. So if you're interested in studying Joshua and your lady and you'd like to get plugged in with that, let us know and we'd love to get you connected. There is a membership class next Sunday at uh, the house of Chipper and Kristen Flanagan. Uh, it'll be from 1 to 5 p.m. And this is a place to learn more about our church. Uh, you know, say you've been coming here for a little bit or you maybe you've you have been around for a while, but you're not a member and you'd like to learn more about membership. Uh, this is an informational meeting. So if you, you come to this, you're not obligated to join as a member or anything like that, but it's a great way to take a, a little bit deeper dive, find out more about our, our beliefs as a church, our culture, our rhythms, all of that. So I encourage you to come to that. Please RSVP 
Uh, you can do that on Realm, which is our social media app. Uh, if you're not on Realm, you can sign up for Realm at the hospitality table after the service. So go and uh, chat with the hospitality person there. But I hope you will consider coming to that membership class. We also have a baptism celebration uh, two weeks from now, the 14th. It will be after the second service. Um, and I know we have at least one person getting baptized. And if anyone else is uh, interested in being baptized, if you're a follower of Jesus and you haven't been baptized and you'd like to do that, please let us know. We would love to meet with you, chat with you, pray through that decision, uh, and this would be a great opportunity to do that. So that'll be after the second service on the 14th. encourage you to stick around, you know, or go out to lunch and then come back uh, for that. And then finally, we have a uh, homeless ministry prayer meeting that's after the second service. It's at 1 o'clock in the community room today. So... Tyler and Nico, our interns, have been organizing homeless ministry outreach initiatives this semester, and it's been really neat to see some of the relationships that they have been able to develop, that team has been able to, to develop with some of the, the people who are experiencing homelessness in the downtown community. Um, so we're going to spend some time praying for those individuals this afternoon. If you are part of that team, you're welcome to come, or if you've never even come to any of the outreaches or done anything with homeless ministry, we'd still love for you to come and pray for those people that we've had the opportunity to minister to this, uh, this semester. So I encourage you to stick around for that one o'clock in the community room. Um, okay, we, like once a month or so, we try to do uh, an interview with someone to, to, to put some information out to you about sharing Christ uh, around the world. And this is what we call world missions, um, and we have a missions committee that, that helps with a lot of these, uh, with various initiatives supporting <clears throat> international missions, uh, but there's another opportunity that comes up about once a year, and it's called Perspectives. It's a class on uh, global missions, and so Dorian Rose is going to come up and share a little bit about this class. Uh, Dorian serves on our missions committee amongst many other things <laughs> that she does in Gainesville and at City Church. And so, and, and a few years ago, you went through the class, and uh, so we wanted you to get to hear a little bit of her experience there. So, Dorian, thank you for coming and sharing this. Why don't you start by just telling us what is Perspectives? Hi, sure. Uh, so, good morning, everyone. Yeah, so Perspectives, that, that word kind of has to do with vision, and the whole idea is for us uh, Christians to obtain a vision of what God's purposes are uh, throughout the world and what his intents are and how we as um, Christians, as his followers, can be a part of that vision. He has a plan for all of us to fulfill his purposes, and he's going to do that, and he's inviting us to uh, join him in, the, in those purposes. And I think one thing, I, a point that I wanted to make is um, Oftentimes, when people hear perspectives, they might think, oh, that's about missions. And they, well, I'm not going to be a missionary, or missions isn't my thing, so pass. <laughs> I'm not interested in that. But I, um, I guess what I, the main point that I want to make is that perspectives is about obtaining God's vision. And whether you mm -hmm. think you are interested in, quote, unquote, what we might think of missions or going overseas, if, if you're a follower of God and want to know what he is up to in this world, um, perspectives is a great way to um, get a hold of that vision. Mm -hmm. Yeah, why did you get involved with uh, perspectives? 
Yeah, so um, it was on a Sunday like this, on a Sunday morning um, in the fall, Chipper was um, giving announcements, and I was sitting over in that direction and probably half paying attention, truth be told. And, um, and he started talking about perspectives, just like I'm doing right this very moment. And I'm like, oh, that's oh, perspectives. I'd been in Gainesville for a few years and knew it was what it was or had heard, oh, it's about missions. And I'm like, oh, no, I'll wait for his next announcement before I start paying attention. And um, my, you know, <laughs> my heart sort of, you know, left, jumped out of my chest. And I, I'm like, did you bump me? I turned to the person, did you just hit me? And I'm like, and I was like, what? I'm like, God, I don't do this. This is not my thing. And so really the Holy Spirit just got a hold of my heart <laughs> as I was sitting in a chair over there um, on a Sunday morning. And it's like, okay, this is not my thing from my perspective, but God, the Holy Spirit is obviously speaking to me right now. So, um, so that's kind of what happened, and I checked it out. That's great. What was one of your biggest takeaways from the class? Yeah, um, there were a lot. It's a 15-week course. I didn't say that yet. It, it's 15 weeks, and um, each week I was like, I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know that. Really? I had been a Christian most of my adult life, but each week I'm like, really? I didn't know that. So there are so many. But I think one um, is that I didn't really realize what the, what's called this great imbalance is that most followers of Jesus are going to places in the world where there is the gospel message is present. Um, and there's lots of reasons for that. Um, but where, the, where there's no known gospel message, no, uh, no one teaching about who Jesus is, um, there's very few people there. And so understanding um, sort of this great imbalance in that um, we, as, if we're, as we're joining God's vision, um, need to be going to those places where there's no um, gospel message. And I think if I can just say one more thing. Um, so, uh, you know, Great Commission, again, I'd been a Christian most of my adult life. I think Matthew 28 can, you know, mem mem have that verse memorized. But um, again, um, God's purposes started long before <laughs> Matthew 28 um, came along or Jesus came along. And so um, Genesis 12, um, 1 through 3, if I could just uh, read that, this was sort of new uh, to me. Uh, so Genesis 12, 1 through 3, now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will give you, uh, that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So God was about the whole world long time ago. And so that was sort of new to me to, to get a hold of that, that that's where God's purposes uh, for glory to, uh, of his name through, to all the nations started. So Yeah, amen. So God desires for the whole world to know him and is using his people to, uh, to reach the world. How can someone get involved with perspectives? If they're listening here, they're, they're thoroughly engaged in this <laughs> announcement, as we've discovered. Uh, and they say, yeah, I'd like to get plugged in. What's the next step? Yeah, so um, probably we have the good old connection card, which uh, Ryan has mentioned already. That's probably the first thing to say, hey, tell me more about perspectives. Um, and we will get information to you. Um, there is a website. If you could you know, look that up, perspectives.org. But if you want to know locally, um, we will get information to you. It is starting in January. It goes through uh, the, the spring semester, like follows the UF Santa Fe calendar because 
Um, you can get uh, university or college credit for this course if you are so, so want, want to do that. So it's 15 weeks. It's being held um, on Tuesday evenings at 6.30 at a local church here in Gainesville. And if uh, and what's nice, before you want to make a full commitment, you can attend three up to three times and just like, hmm, is this for me? Can I do this? What's all involved? So that's really a nice option if you're like, hmm, I don't know if I can do this. But uh, so, yeah, uh, Tuesdays, put it on your connection card. Tell me more about perspectives. And um, that's when it's starting um, January 4th, right when the uh, spring semester starts here in Gainesville. And there's a cost associated with the class, if I'm not mistaken, right? Um, I don't want to put you on the spot with the missions committee or not, but we do have funds available in the missions committee. Is that if, if someone's interested in participating in this class, but there's a financial uh, barrier there, is that something that we may have some resources? Yeah, yeah, thanks. So just like UF and Santa Fe, you can't go there for free. It's not, uh, it's not tuition free. Uh, so there is a cost. Uh, the speakers are coming in from all over the country for the 15 weeks. Uh, there's materials, you study guide, all of that. So yeah, so there is a cost associated with that. But if you're interested, we will make that happen. Um, yes, because we don't want that to be a barrier um, for any anyone in this room to learn more about um, what God is doing in this world. Yeah. Amen. Um, well, let uh, let me pray and uh, pray for this class and for Chipper as he comes to preach. Uh, Father, we thank you so much for uh, this time that we can gather, and we thank you for the gift of something like perspectives. Uh, Lord, our, our desire is to have the same perspective that you have on the world, for, this, for the gospel to be spread, for the kingdom to advance in the name of Jesus. And so I pray that you would touch our hearts this morning for anyone who's, who uh, may be interested in learning more about this, either in, uh, in going to serve in missions internationally or in supporting that endeavor or, uh, or perhaps just in, in growing in their understanding about your heart for the world. Uh, I pray that, that you would put that on the hearts of, of people in, this, in this, uh, this gathering this morning and that they would participate in the, the class. Uh, thank you that we have this, uh, this amazing gospel that we get to hear this morning. Um, thank you that we get to gather in the name of Jesus, and we pray that you would that your Holy Spirit would be at work in our hearts, drawing us to yourself. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts that understand. Please be with Chipper and sustain him in his preaching. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thank you, Dory. The scripture passage this morning is from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 through 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 through 18. It's great to be with you. My name is Chipper. I'm one of the pastors here. Um, if you're here for Fest, Downtown's Fest is back this year. And if you walked in this door, uh, you're in the right spot. Praise God. Good to see you. I hope you enjoy your time this morning. If you have no idea what Fest is, don't worry about it. Uh, you can talk to me later and I'll... I'll fill you in. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 18, passage on the screen. Pull out a Bible or a phone if you have it. There's also blue Bibles. They're sitting in the baskets uh, under the chairs in front of you. You're welcome to those as well. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 18. Let me read this passage for us, keeping in mind that this is God's very word. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. 
We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Let's pray together. Lord, we praise you for this passage, one of my favorite passages in the entire Bible, probably one of the most timely passages we could read these days. And so we ask that you would make much of it, even though it's a great passage, as this text talks about we are weak people, and so you, we need your help. We need the Spirit to work in great power among us. And so we ask for that. We, we plead with you for that. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, following Jesus is a journey that's full of surprises, and one of the more challenging and disorienting surprises is this. Expect weakness. Expect profound experiences of personal weakness. What kinds of weaknesses? Weaknesses that, that take various forms. Feelings of, of personal inadequacy, emotional frailty, physical infirmity, persecution, all of it. Expect all of it and consider it normative, not the exception to the rule. So, amen and amen. Thanks for coming. Let's sing a few songs and then we'll, we'll be on our way. Wait, that's, that's not very inspiring, is it? It's not very good marketing either. I'm a marketing major, as it turns out, UF class of 2009, and I do not think that the faculty would approve of what I'm doing here this morning. The mantra in, in pretty much every class, at least I took, was, remember, you're, you're selling holes, not drills. But in this case, we're not selling holes or drills. We're basically selling the trip to Lowe's to buy the drill. If you work for Lowe's, we genuinely appreciate you. We know you're doing very difficult work, but it's, just, it's hard over there sometimes. None of this is good marketing. However, the power of our Christian faith lies not in the packaging, but as we've been seeing in our series already, in the powerful work of the Spirit. And that frees us to be very honest about the nature of Christian living. And as we will see in a few moments, this kind of honesty 
about our weakness turns out to be simultaneously very difficult to hear and wildly encouraging. Two reflections this morning as we pursue honesty together about Christian living, especially in the context of New Covenant Spirit-powered ministry. Number one, God's purpose for our weakness. And then number two, God's future for our weakness. Consider our, God's purpose for our weakness and then God's future for our weakness. Let's start with that first reflection, God's purpose for our weakness. If you're familiar with the band Jars of Clay and thought that their name was artistically brilliant, now you know that they were actually borrowing something. Look at verse 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. The first half of verse 7 should immediately pique the interest of those who are having profound experiences of human weakness because it turns out that we are not alone. The Apostle Paul was so in touch with his personal weakness that he compared himself to a jar of clay, which in Paul's day was a commonly acknowledged metaphor for human frailty and transience. Clay jars were like Tupperware. Everyone had them since they were cheap and therefore dispensable if broken, and since they did break rather easily, they weren't expected to last more than a few years, if that. But not only was Paul experiencing ongoing reminders of his personal weakness, he had these experiences, interestingly, in the context of exceedingly fruitful ministry. So in verse 7, weak people get some company with the Apostle Paul, plus we get very timely reminders that weakness is by no means an indicator of God's disfavor, and weakness by no means prevents God from working powerfully in you and through you. In fact, there is a sense in which weakness better positions you for God's work. The treasure that Paul is talking about here is, is the gospel, the knowledge of the glory of God as expressed in the crucified and risen Jesus Christ. You can see that back in verse 6. And as we emphasized last week, when we give open statements of this truth to other people, the Holy Spirit is going to shine that gospel light into previously hardened hearts in such a powerful way that spiritually dead people are going to be made alive. That will happen. It won't happen in everybody, but it will happen in a lot of people. However, since, since we are God's chosen vessels for spreading this truth, it is not hard to imagine a scenario in which people who experience the supernatural work of the Spirit mistakenly ascribe the power to us. The solution? Here's the solution. Make the vessels rather unimpressive. 
put the treasure in jars of clay, not diamond-encrusted vases. That's what you do about it. And if this sounds unfair, if it sounds severe, keep in mind that the alternative is a disaster. When people associate supernatural power with the vessel, with people like us, instead of with God, often, unfortunately, because the the vessels are kind of beckoning them to do exactly that. You know what happens next. Manipulation, abuse, idolization. I don't have to tell you that. You've seen the headlines. You've heard the podcast. Conversely, when people associate supernatural power with God, instead of you, instead of with me, you end up with things like revival and church planting and missionary zeal. So if people think that power comes from you and me, we get manipulation, abuse, and idolization. If people think the power is coming from God, we get revival and church planning and missionary zeal. Which one of these do you want? So you might not like being a clay pot, but you can think of it like this. As ministers of the gospel, either formally or informally, and for most of us it's It's informal, yet very significant still. Every degree of weakness we experience ends up accentuating the power of God. And this is how we can begin to understand Paul's seemingly bizarre statement in Colossians chapter 1, verse 24, that he rejoices in his sufferings for the sake of the Colossians. He rejoices... And his sufferings because he knows that his weakness and his suffering is accentuating the power of God and therefore ministering to the Colossians. And church, be very encouraged. No matter how weak we might feel, God will sustain you. Look at the statements in verses 8 through 10, which were, autobiographical for Paul, but the principles apply to any follower of Jesus. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may be manifested, also manifested in our bodies. Let me rephrase what Paul is saying so the pattern becomes abundantly clear. Even though the pressures of ministry are overwhelming, God's power has kept me one more day. Even though I can't wrap my mind around the events that are happening in my life and and generally totally unsure of how to proceed, God's power equips me to rest in Him instead of turning in on myself in despair. Even though people malign me for my ministry and even Abandon me, God never abandons me. Even though I face physical attacks for following Jesus, God preserves my life. Do you see this pattern? Even though, fill in the blank, form of weakness or suffering, God keeps, equips, remains, preserves, you name it. That's the pattern. So Christian living is is not about trying to become personally more powerful in the face of weakness and suffering. It's about God's power at work in the midst of our weakness. 
It's about dying to ourselves, or even in exceptional cases, literally dying. So that, verses 10 through 12, others might powerfully encounter the life that Jesus gives us through his own death and resurrection. We end up becoming something like Jesus in his death, although we're not atoning for anybody's sins, so that others might encounter the life that Jesus brings through his resurrection. You know, there's a lot of talk these days in Christian circles about empowerment. There's a lot of talk in Christian circles about empowerment. If we're talking about empowering marginalized and disenfranchised people, great name men. If you're talking about empowering your employees, great. And John Maxwell would be very proud of you. But if we're talking mainly about this kind of, you know, boutique empowerment where we, we go to a conference and, and the speaker is talking about how to be lions or, or lionesses for Jesus and, and we walk away with a conference-branded planner and a t-shirt that has something to do with being mighty or something to do with being daring, we need to be really careful. Christian living is not about asserting ourselves. It's about asserting Jesus, even if it costs us everything. It's not particularly fun to talk about weakness and suffering. Or like I said earlier, it's not great marketing. However, if you're thinking about following Jesus, it's important to know this pattern so you can count the cost. You can know what you're signing up for. Or if you're already following Jesus, it's important to know this pattern so you don't unnecessarily think something is wrong when you don't feel like a lion. Or speaking of lions, so you don't lionize the wrong heroes, the people who promote their impressive and imperfectly crafted personal brands. Or so you do celebrate people like Pastor Abdi, whom God is using very powerfully even today in Venezuela. Pastor Abdi is the president of an association of churches in Venezuela, about a hundred or so churches that is related to the denomination that City Church is a part of. He preached here in February of 2020, and then Pastor Ugo gave an update about Pastor Abdi just a few weeks ago during our Sunday services. Pastor Ugo lives in, in Jacksonville, and he made his way over here to kind of give us an update about what's going on. Pastor Ugo, who's the director of Spanish ministries for our denomination here in the southeast. He called me this past week to give me another update about Pastor Abdi. And I have permission to share this with you now, partly so that you can be praying for Pastor Abdi, and partly because this illustrates everything that we've just been talking about. So Pastor Ugo wanted me to know and wanted us to know that, that Pastor Abdi is, is just profoundly exhausted right now, just wiped out. He's, he's always tired, but he is, he is really tired right now. We've been talking these past couple of years about the toll that the COVID pandemic has taken on Venezuela and, 
in the context of his ministry, over a dozen pastors that he works with have, have died and at least one spouse. And then the, the new update is, so Pastor Abdi spends a lot of his time going into the jungle part of Venezuela, which is a lot of Venezuela, uh, to help with church planting efforts. But things have gotten to the point now where he has to deal with 25 checkpoints between where he lives and getting to the jungle. 25. Every time he goes. And at every checkpoint, basically, he's asked for money, which he doesn't give because we don't really have it, and he's not going to give it anyway. And by the grace of God, so far he has made it each time there and back through 25 of these checkpoints. Sometimes he's detained for a significant amount of time. But even if he's making it, that's still 25 checkpoints every time. Every one of us would be exhausted. But here's what I want to tell you. You want to know how many churches that have been started in Venezuela since the pandemic got going? I texted Pastor Ugo to confirm this because I did not believe it. I said, Pastor Ugo, this is yesterday, can you tell me again, tell me the stat about how many churches have been started in Venezuela since the pandemic? 20. 20. And do you see how Abdi's self-described clay potness accentuates the power of God? Do you see how this works? He's exhausted. Over a dozen pastors have died. He doesn't have funds to give at checkpoints, and he wouldn't give them anyway. He doesn't have a big platform. He doesn't have droves of social media followers. He doesn't have any of that. And yet, 20 churches. It's mind-blowing, and then it points exclusively to God's power, not Abdi's. Because you know, and he knows, he's got nothing to do with this. Is he being faithful? Yes. But is God clearly doing the work? Yes. So church, let's pursue faithfulness despite our weaknesses. And let's watch God work in power, not only in Venezuela, but in our own backyard. And would you be praying for Pastor Abdi seriously in light of what I've just mentioned? Now here's the thing, though. The news about our weaknesses gets even better, which brings us to our second reflection. God's future for our weakness. Look at verses 13 and 14. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. Paul is quoting Psalm 116 a psalm of King David in which David was expressing ongoing trust or belief in God since God had delivered David from terrible afflictions and distress in the past. As you will find in that psalm, if you read it, and I would encourage you to read Psalm 116, recounting God's deliverances in the past ends up helping you move forward with confidence into the future even though you don't know where you're going because you know who's with you. That's what David is saying. So Paul was brothers in arms with David and therefore shared the same spirit of faith since Paul 
had likewise been delivered by God from afflictions that nearly crushed him. But this is not a history lesson about Paul. It's not a history lesson about David, at least primarily. This is actually an invitation. Paul is inviting believers, that is, his traveling companions, the Corinthians, us, to join him in the confident believing and speaking, the speaking being the gospel, true speaking, we've just been talking about. Why? Because even though our weaknesses will be ever-present as we give open statements about the truth, and sometimes our weaknesses will be painfully exposed or exacerbated, we know exactly who will be with us and exactly what he's capable of doing. Paul's saying, join me. And then Paul makes it clear that two of the things that God is capable of doing will definitely happen, which means the future is not as uncertain as it might seem. Number one, look at verse 14. Two things that will definitely happen. Number one, look at verse 14. He who raised the Lord Jesus, that is the Father, will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. Number two, you can move on to verse 15. As the grace, as in the grace expounded in the gospel, extends to more and more people, it will increase thanksgiving all to the glory of God. So yes, expect afflictions, expect experiences of weakness, but do so with confident belief, knowing that the afflictions will eventually end. Because eventually Jesus will return in glory, and then the Father will raise up with him all believers, past, present, and future. And then we will live together for all eternity in the very presence of God. And, and while the, the increasing thanksgiving will be notable in the present as people responsively put their hope in Christ, is going to be absolutely bonkers in heaven when we're praising God together with people from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages. Think about that. The, the mission's work that classes, like perspectives, is intended to promote. The payoff in the future will be even more wonderful than whatever missional fruitfulness we experience now by like a million fold. So Paul is saying, despite your weakness, you can count on these two things. Church, hopefully these promises are exactly what you needed to hear this morning. Particularly those of you who are feeling especially weak. Those of you who are finding Christian faithfulness to be a particularly difficult road right now, maybe at work, with family members, you name it. It's not so easy to follow Jesus in your social context. True for a lot of you here at City Church. Those of you who are, are struggling with mental and physical illnesses that are chronic, or maybe right now they're, they're particularly acute. May the Lord bless you and keep you. 
this morning as you consider the beauty and the glory of what's to come. And he bless you and keep you with these promises. At the same time, I'm also concerned that for, for some of us, this is a pretty big concern, I am concerned that for some of us, these promises about what's to come are, are honestly just kind of whatever. They just don't, they don't do much. They don't move the needle. You just heard them and, and you're sitting there and you're like, yeah, great. I'm really concerned about that. Kent Hughes, which is a, he, he's a, he's a very faithful pastor for many years in Wheaton, Illinois, as well as an author. He, he's still alive. I think he's like 79 or so. He said that pastorally speaking, as he spends time with people, and he, he's saying this with both conviction but with love, He's saying that in his experience, some Christians seem to be far more transfixed by the glories of retirement than the glories of heaven. He's not joking at all. Or I would add, some of us seem more transfixed by, by the glories of you know, the next big step to come in our lives, a job, a relationship. We're more transfixed by all of that than the glories of heaven and being with Jesus for all of eternity. And what, when that's the case, afflictions and weaknesses are going to be unbearable. They're going to be totally intolerable because they won't have any meaning aside from just being barriers. They will, they will always seem to be unfair and cruel and then will either just, just throw in the towel in despair or we will try to assertively overcome our experiences of weaknesses through very desperate attempts at self-improvement. So the question is, how might the glories of our future with Jesus become more real? What are the next steps? If you're sitting here and you're thinking, I want these glories to feel more real. I want them to hit me when I'm hearing them expounded and proclaimed. I don't want to fall asleep when people are talking about the glories to come that we will share with Jesus. There are not any easy answers here, but I will say a couple of things. First of all, spending time with Jesus now will certainly help us long for getting even more time with him later. So there is a time issue involved. You cannot expect to long for the glories of heaven while spending hardly any time with Jesus now. You say, well, how do I get motivated to do that? Well, let's keep talking. But sometimes we just need to hear plainly spoken reminders. Sometimes we just need to hear some, some preaching that gets to our hearts even if we've heard it a million times before. And I, to end, I just kind of want Paul to, to do some preaching for us as we close. And I just want to get out of the way here. This is verses 16 through 18. So we do not lose heart. Why? Why do we not lose heart? Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory 
beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen, for the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. That's the preaching. When Paul speaks of the outer self wasting away and our inner self being renewed day by day, this is not a a body-soul dichotomy as if the body is bad and and the soul is good. What he's saying is, you know, the the old first Adam sinful self, that's on its its way out. In, In the new Adam, the second Adam, like Jesus' self, is on its way in. And actually, God is working through our weaknesses to bring this new self in. He's, he's sculpting us. He's making us more like Christ. And that will, that will culminate in Christ's return when we finally become with him and in our perfect resurrection body. And in the preaching in verses 17 and 18, for this light and momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. The things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Paul is hardly minimizing our pain. He's hardly minimizing the weaknesses that we're experiencing right now. I mean, remember what Paul has already written. He's He's experienced so much weakness and affliction, he felt like he was going to die. He's not minimizing our present pain. But he's saying, as bad as that pain is, now you know something about the glory of what's coming. Take whatever intensity of pain you're experiencing right now, and then multiply that by a million, but in a positive direction, that's what the glories of Jesus are going to be like when we're with him forever. That's the preaching. No minimization, just magnification. Comparative. The pain you're experiencing and the glory you will experience are not even on the same playing field. No minimization. Magnification. One last time and then we'll be done. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us, what? An eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Amen. Let me pray for us. Lord, a lot of us are weak and in desperate need of having our heads lifted up in the midst of our weakness. Would you lift them? A lot of us feel rather apathetic, if we're being honest, when we hear anything discussed concerning the the glories of Jesus to come in the new Jerusalem. Would you undo our apathy, even this very morning, and replace it with joy and longing? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. As grace extends to more and more people, it may increase in thanksgiving to the glory of God, right? So as we proclaim here the name of Jesus lifted high and his grace extends, we too give thanks as we join in that 
that process and partaking in that um, and in lifting high the name of Jesus, right? Each week we celebrate the Lord's Supper. It's the way that we actively remember uh, what Christ did for us to make this, uh, this reality of a relationship with him possible. And the night that Jesus was betrayed, he, took, uh, he had a meal with his disciples, and during the meal he took the bread and he broke it, and he said, this is my body that is broken for you. Whenever you eat this, do this in remembrance of me. Later on during the meal, he took the cup and pouring it, he said, this is the new covenant in my blood. Whenever you drink this, do this in remembrance of me. And the Apostle Paul said that as often as we eat this bread and we drink this cup, that we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So we remember Christ's sacrifice for us. We actively put our trust in him and we look ahead to that day of glory getting to be with him for all eternity. And doesn't that make these light momentary afflictions seem so small? Right? A few words of instruction before we come to the table. Uh, we'll have a moment of silence, and that's just some time to stop, to reflect on the word that's been proclaimed, to spend some time examining our hearts and to going to the Lord in prayer. Uh, and then the band will come back up, and we'll have some music, and there'll be a, an elder or deacon stationed here and here distributing communion elements. And so any point during that, you're welcome to come up and receive the elements to yourself. We don't, we don't dismiss by row or anything like that. Um, it's th and, and this is open to anyone who's a follower of Jesus. So you don't have to be a member here or regularly attend. If you follow Christ and you want to come, you're welcome to come. Uh, thank you. If, if you're here and you're not a follower of Jesus, you'd say that doesn't, you know, that doesn't describe me. Then we're just thrilled that you're here thinking about these things. You're here spending your Sunday morning with us. Um, and we encourage you to use this time maybe to reflect on what we've talked about and consider if you would want to uh, follow Jesus. If, if you're interested in that, please do let us know. I would love to talk with you. Chipper would love to talk with you. So come and grab one of us after the service. Uh, if you'd like prayer, uh, after communion, there'll be an elder or a deacon available in the lobby, and you can go and grab them, and they'd be happy to pray with you. Okay? Let's pray. Father, thank you that we can remember... Christ's body broken and his blood shed for the forgiveness of our sins and the redemption of our souls. We pray that you would meet us this morning, um, convict our hearts where we need to be convicted, stir us to faith where we need to trust you more, uh, draw us to, to a place of repentance where we need to turn away from complacency or idolatry of any form, and may we fix our eyes on Christ anew. We love you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
chosen me Stand with us and sing it together.
sing who breaks the power who breaks the power of sin and darkness whose love is mighty and so much stronger the king of glory the king above all kings who shakes a whole with holy thunder who leaves us breathless in awe and wonder the king of glory the king above all kings this is amazing grace this is unfailing love now you would take my place you would bear my call you laid down your life that I would be set free oh Jesus I sing for all that you've done for me brings our chaos who brings our chaos back into order who makes the orphan a son and daughter the king of glory the king of glory who rules the nations with truth and justice shines like the sun in all of its brilliance the King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. Assassin for all that you've done for me. So worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb who slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Sing it out. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy, worthy, worthy. Oh, this is amazing grace. This is unfailing.
this morning. Um, just a quick reminder, if you are interested in the, um, the homeless ministry uh, prayer, that'll be this afternoon, one o'clock in the community room. So I hope you will come to that. And please do RSVP for the membership class or express interest in baptism. If either of those applies to you, let us know on your connection card. Uh, our benediction this morning comes from Isaiah 41, verse 10. The prophet writes this, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Amen. Let's exalt Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures. Here be Lord, praise Him above the heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Go in peace. Tasted your goodness. I'm trusting.